I would never have any kind of pornographic activity with a fucking creature. Welcome to Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantine Enema, the only podcast where we don't know how to say the name of the show. My name is Connor Sullivan. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, okay, so going to be... This is, I've been looking forward to talking about this one, mostly because I hadn't watched the movie in a long time, and uh, a lot of, there's a lot of cool like behind-the-scenes... Uh, stuff that get, that gets involved with this one. We'll talk about the movie itself, but uh, today we're going to be talking about District 9, uh, and I think that this might be the first time that I end up talking about the marketing campaign for a movie on here. I'm not sure if I've done that or not. I, I don't really feel like going back to check. Uh, but anywho, yeah, District 9 uh, came out in 2009. Very kind of very out of nowhere movie that surprised a lot of people made a bunch of money uh, got a bunch of awards or was nominated for a bunch of awards uh, and then you know every it just it was just so like I, I remember you know Disco 9 coming out because uh, like I said it came out of nowhere uh, it was a first time director Neil Blomkamp uh, who's uh, he's uh, the South African director who uh, had previously worked in visual effects and stuff like that uh, uh, nobody that anybody had ever heard of in the cast, uh, and really the only name associated with it was uh, Peter Jackson, who obviously did the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, and, but you know, 2009, let's see, Lord of the Rings had been done for seven or eight years at that point. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, so the only name rec- uh, you know associated with this movie that anyone could recognize was Peter Jackson, uh, and then. It just shocked everybody by how good it was. Uh, it's for those of you who don't know uh, the movie that I'm talking about, District Nine. Uh, it basically is. It takes place uh, in a world where uh, an alien spacecraft has 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 basically just settled over Johannesburg in South Africa, and it's been sitting there for 28 years. Uh, it hasn't done anything. It's literally just there, uh, and then. Uh, all the inhabitants from the ship, uh, they're, uh, they're called prawns, uh, and uh, basically they bring uh, the prawns down to Earth, and they uh, put them in housing and stuff like that, and they kind of try and implement them into uh, their society, and uh, it, uh, the whole thing's pretty much a metaphor for uh, apartheid, uh, you know, just the way that, uh, you know, they're treating the outsiders, and how they they kind of like herd them up, and, uh, you know, you know, displace their housing and stuff like that, and uh, all this crazy stuff. And the way it's shot, uh, and, and I'll get a little more into this. It's basically shot to look like a documentary, uh, at least for most of it. Uh, it is, um, and th- you know, they use a lot of found footage techniques. Um, you know, uh, characters are speaking directly into the camera at certain points, and then uh, you know, it, it uses like security cam footage and dashboard footage, and uh, just like like any. Where that they could have like found footage for this, like they uh, they did it, and then, uh, but eventually they kind of move away from all that and they go into, um, you know, a more traditional looking action movie. Uh, and the other thing about this movie, it, the the visual effects are absolutely amazing. The prawns, the little aliens, they they kind of look like these giant uh, insects, uh, minus the wings, and that, like they they look absolutely incredible. It's a very cool concept, uh, you know, from the get go and. Uh, you know, just uh, everyone's like obsession with uh, this alien culture, and it's not so much like it, like this isn't a movie about aliens like attacking Earth or anything. Like this isn't War of the Worlds. This is you know a movie where aliens have already come to Earth, and 
they realize you know humans are they're they're managing them the best they can, but they, overall they're not seen as much of a threat uh, to them if that makes sense. They're more refugees uh, at this point because their ship is dead uh, down, and that's why it hasn't gone anywhere for uh, 28 years or so. So again, a very very cool concept uh, for the uh, for a movie, and it actually it like I said it did very well for itself. It made over 115 million dollars. Uh, you know, domestically, over $210 million worldwide, all that on a $30 million budget. Again, Peter Jackson, the only name associated with this, so that's really where all the money came from. Uh, $37 million uh, opening weekend. And a lot of that uh, goes into the marketing. It, that's because of the marketing campaign that was done for this movie, which was very different uh, from what a lot of uh, movies normally do. Uh, so in the movie itself, uh, there are... Uh, you know, there's signage all over, you know, non-human areas and human areas. It's, again, the whole thing's a metaphor for apartheid. So, uh, you know, picture all the segregation stuff that was going on uh, during that time, but just apply it to aliens uh, instead of, uh, you know, minorities. And uh, one of the cool things that uh, they did for this uh, when they were putting together a marketing campaign for this uh, movie it was very... Uh, guerrilla grassroots kind of marketing. Uh, so in major cities uh, and uh, you know comic cons and stuff like that, they they hung these posters up everywhere. Uh, and you know it was it was a humans only marketing campaign. Then there was like a website on there that just said d9.com. Didn't say anything about you know that it was a movie or anything like that. Uh, and I'll I'll get a little more into in, in uh, the did you uh, did you knows, uh, but you know they. The, the, uh, not that the the internet was in its like infancy at this time, but it was 2009, so uh, a lot of social media channels were in their infancy. Uh, so they were one of the first big ones to kind of utilize like Facebook and stuff like that to you know get the word out about their movie. Uh, and they did it in a very like subtle way. It's like it was they made something that you had to click on if you wanted to see like what they were talking about. And uh, the the artwork looks uh, really cool. Obviously with uh, a, mo a movie like this where there's nothing to sell like it, I mean it's it, it's an alien movie with actors you've never heard of made by a director you've never heard of and it's just and it's being paid for by Peter Jackson uh, so you had to get a little creative when you were uh, when Sony was coming up with the actual marketing campaign for this which they certainly did and obviously based on uh, all those box office numbers it seemed to paid off in dividends uh, so I, I just I just think that was really cool. As a before all this COVID nineteen nonsense, I was a marketer uh, in the world. I worked in marketing for uh, four or five years, and uh, I, I don't know. I just I, I love this campaign. I even re uh, remember the campaign when I was in high school, uh, and it was it was a long one too. Like it almost lasted like a year, I think. You know, uh, and then that uh, again, I'll get more into this. And did you know? Uh, so another aspect of the movie that I want to talk about. So as I've mentioned multiple times, you know, no-name director, no-name cast. Uh, the Again, the director's name is Neil Blomkamp, and uh, he's the writer and the director, a little bit about him in the background. Uh, so he came up doing, uh, like, he was, a, he was a visual effects artist. Like, he always wanted to do, uh, like, 3D animations and stuff like that. So the movie itself is actually based on a short film that he made called Alive in Joburg, uh, and... It's it's you know it's not long it's only a couple minutes it's a short film you know uh, and uh, and I'll get a little more into this and did you know but uh, Neil Blomkamp he this was kind of like his one hit wonder 
uh, so to speak, and it, it was a big success for him. Uh, he was nominated for an Oscar uh, uh, for writing on this one. Uh, the movie was nominated for Best Picture. He never really just did anything close to matching it. Uh, he had uh, a much bigger follow-up, uh, a movie called Elysium uh, with Matt Damon, and it just—it was another sci-fi movie, and it just didn't really, you know, stick the way that this one did. Uh, you know, it wasn't loved by critics, audiences, you know, weren't crazy about it. And then uh, his follow-up to that, his third movie, uh, was something called Chappie, which starred Dev Patel. And uh, just and nothing ever came of that one. Uh, again, another just one of those movies that didn't really cling on with uh, audiences and uh, critics alike. So just it's a bummer that it didn't work. But uh, one consistent in all three of those movies uh, was uh, the lead actor in this movie, Charlotte Copley. Uh, and if you don't know him, that's that's fine. You know, he's not like an A-list uh, celebrity or anything. Uh, but he's been in a bunch of movies. Uh, since then, this is actually his first movie. Uh, he's been in a bunch of stuff, uh, most notably the A-Team uh, remake they did with Liam Neeson and Bradley Cooper and uh, Rampage Jackson. Uh, he played uh, Murdoch. No, not Murdoch. Face? Which one? Which Who was he in the A-Team? Yeah, Murdoch. Um, and uh, he, he's in this other movie uh, came out a couple years ago with uh, Brie Larson and Army Hammer uh, it's called Free Fire absolutely amazing under the radar movie saw it in theaters loved it uh, basically it takes place in like the 70s in Boston and uh, it's like a shot in real time uh, like drug deal gone bad uh, kind of thing uh, and it's it's fucking awesome just a, a really fun awesome movie uh, I, I wish that would like come out on you know some streaming services that was, a, that was an amazing movie uh, but anyway, uh, Charlotte Copley, uh, this was the, his first time acting, and I don't know if I've ever, if we've talked about this before, just like, what's the best debut performance from someone ever? I mean, this one's got to be up there. I mean, this guy, no acting experience, uh, the only credits he had uh, before District 9, he was actually in Alive in Joburg, but he's not, like, the main character or anything like that, he's just in it. Uh, that was his first credit. Then there's uh, his second credit. It's a short film called Yellow, also made by Neil Blomkamp. But this is his first feature film, and he's, you know, in it. he's essentially in every scene. The movie's about him um, and and his story. Uh, and oh, I, I I probably should have mentioned this. Uh, basically, something happens to uh, something happens to him. He plays a character named uh, Vickis Vandermeer. Uh, it's some South, South African name I can't pronounce. We'll just call him Wickes. Uh, and Wickes is uh, part of... Uh, he's he's leading like a government like roundup of all the prawns in District 9, and he's uh, in charge of like relocating them somewhere else. Uh, during this project, something goes awry. He, gets in, uh, he injects some kind of alien fluid, and uh, he slowly starts turning into an alien himself. And uh, the whole movie after that is basically him just trying to... He's working with another prawn called Christopher, and he's basically just trying to fix himself. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, again, cool concept. But Charlotte Copley, this is an amazing performance uh, by a first-time actor. I, I don't know... I don't have a list in front of me or of anything, uh, you know, best debut performances of all time, but this one's got to be up there. Uh, nothing comes to mind. I will say that, but watching this movie, I, I think, you know, I wish he was in more stuff. He's a great actor. Um, just lo looking at his credits over the last couple of years, he's in, let's see, Free Fire's 2016. 
Gring, uh, yeah, Gringo, not really sure what that is. Hardcore Henry, uh, Chappie, Maleficent, Old Boy, the 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 Spike Lee remake. Uh, but yeah, no, nothing really. He hasn't really like he, his biggest movie is probably the A Team, uh, which I remember it being fun anyway, but you know didn't really uh, stick all that much. But well, biggest movie outside of District Nine. Uh, but no, just uh, I, w- I wish we'd see this guy in some more stuff. I think he's a great actor. He's a fun, energetic guy. Um, he, you know, just brings a lot to every role he plays, and uh, that's obvious in this movie. And he uh, he does a lot of his own ad libbing in this, particularly in the beginning of the movie when they're doing a bunch of. It's kind of shot more like a documentary. And uh, okay, so actually, I want to talk about that real quick. The way they shoot it, and I think that this is probably the biggest flaw in the movie. The first like, so all right, so we're looking at it in three like, main parts of the movie. The first part is, like, introducing you to the concept of Dis- District 9 and the prawns and, you know, the ship and everything. That's all documentary footage. That's com- It completely looks like a documentary. Uh, and the middle of the movie, when he's, you know, he, like, he, he's starting his, like, metamorphosis uh, into one of the prawns, it starts to get away from the documentary stuff, and it just, it, it's a lot of, like, handheld... Uh, you know stuff which it, it's it, it just looks different than what they've been doing uh, you know they're they're not aware of any he's not aware of any cameras that's around him uh, you know talking to the aliens and stuff like that but it, it's you know it's it, it's still entertaining it's a cool concept to watch and then the last third of the movie it's it basically just turned into a big shootout you know they they completely abandoned the documentary stuff except for the last like couple of minutes of the movie uh, but it just, I don't know, the, the, ironically, the thing that's supposed to be the most exciting and interesting part of the movie is, you know, pretty dull, in my opinion. Uh, so that's the biggest flaw uh, in the movie, is uh, they, they, move, they just move away from what was really working for them. And unfortunately, you know, the ending isn't as great as uh, I'd hope it would be, but at the same time, uh, still, just a bunch of... It's, this movie's just so cool. It's such a cool idea... Um, and it's done really well at the beginning. They just don't really uh, wrap it up the way that I would have liked. Uh, but hey, I'm not the director. Um, and also, real quick, uh, the movie was also nominated uh, for four Oscars. Uh, it was nominated for Best Picture, surprisingly. Uh, best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Editing, and Best Visual Effects. Uh, no problems with any of those. Although, the Best Picture one, so... Let's see, this would have been the 2010 Academy Awards. Dark Knight came out in 2008. Eight seven, um, whatever it was the the year after the Dark Knight didn't get nominated for Best Picture. Uh, that's when the, it came out in two thousand eight. So the Oscars would have been two thousand nine that year. So when it didn't get nominated for Best Picture, the following year the Academy uh, they expanded the Best Picture field from five movies to ten, and that's it was clearly an effort to you know include more popular movies so that people uh, would be more invested in the show itself, uh, but. So this one kind of gets lumped into there. I don't know if it would have necessarily gotten nominated otherwise. I still think it's worthy of, you know, it's a great movie. Uh, well, good movie, and like the right, the uh, I love the writing uh, and the editing and the visual effects. It definitely deserves it. Uh, but would it have been a Best Picture nominee without that, you know, expanded field? I don't know. Um, I'm going to look up the Oscar race right now. Uh, 
Okay, so uh, the, okay, this no, there's no chance this would have been in there if it was a field of, a field of five. Uh, so the, the nominees that year, uh, the Hurt Locker, which won, Avatar, Up, Precious, The Blind Side, District Nine, Up in the Air, A Serious Man, An Education, and Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think it would have really stood a chance there. I would say, well, let's actually see if I can cut that down to five. So, Hurt Locker won. No problem with that. The uh, Avatar would definitely would have to be in there, even though this is I think this movie's better than Avatar, uh, and is yeah Avatar's not even the best alien movie in the be in the field, but it was the highest gross movie of all time, so you almost have to put it in there. Um, not the Blind Side, <laughs> that's for sure. Not a Serious Man. I haven't seen Precious before, or an Education. Uh, and Glorious Bastards would definitely be in there. Up in the air, it's a, it's a. So the three obvious ones would be the Hurt Locker, Avatar, and Inglorious Bastards, and then it's a race for the last two spots between like Up, District Nine, and Up in the Air. Maybe Precious. I haven't seen. I haven't seen again. I haven't seen that one. But anyway, uh, so they only did that for a couple of years, and now uh, the best the way the Best Picture field works is. Uh, it's got to be anywhere from five to ten nominees. It has to get like a certain percentage of people to vote for it, uh, for it to be considered best picture. So, District Nine probably got a little bit of a bump from that, but that's completely okay. You know, that's that's just how the field worked at the time. Okay, so why don't we get into the did you knows here? Uh, oh boy, this this is going to be a, one of our shorter episodes. Uh, okay, so let's get into the did you knows, uh, and the first did you know. Uh, after the feature film based on the Halo Combat Evolved video game series, which was to have been directed by Neil Blomkamp, fell through, producer Peter Jackson went to Blomkamp and offered him $30 million to make whatever he wanted. Although this would be Blomkamp's first feature as a director, the result is this film. Uh, okay, so a couple cool things there. So I remember, actually, I completely forgot about this. Uh, so they were talking about making a Halo movie. They've been talking about making a Halo movie for a long time. Like, Halo is an old video game. And after the success of Lord of the Rings and King Kong, Peter Jackson was kind of attached to it for a long time. And I guess he wasn't going to direct it. I guess the original plan was to have Blomkamp direct it, knowing that he's got that you know visual effects background and everything. And he had done a bunch of shorts. Uh, and, oh, and quick note about Blomkamp. He hasn't made any features since Chappie. Um, that came out in 2013, 14. And... Um, yeah, he's basically just done short films ever since. Uh, 2015 it came out, and he's only done short films uh, since then, which I think is kind of cool. I mean, he made all his money doing District 9, and now he's just kind of doing what he doing what he enjoys, I guess. Uh, but anywho, uh, so... Uh, so it, and uh, one of the things that you notice about this movie, uh, like a lot of like the, the weaponry that the aliens have... Uh, and one of the obsessions, like, in this movie is uh, the human's obsession with uh, finding out how to use the alien uh, weaponry, but uh, it's designed so that only, you know, it, it can only be used by the aliens and, their de uh, and you know, some biological thing. Uh, but yeah, a lot of them kind of look like the weapons from Halo, so I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, and then, I don't know, I just, I, I just, I just thought that was cool that uh, Peter Jackson... Uh, you know, just had so much faith in this guy, and it clearly paid off. Um, you know, again, box office and criti critical success. So, 
Uh, I, I don't know. I just thought, I just thought that was really cool. Uh, second, did you know, as part of the marketing campaign in North America and the United Kingdom, posters were put up in major cities on bus stops, uh, sides of buildings, etc., designated areas that were restricted for humans only, with a number to call. Uh, in order to report non-humans, the title of the film was generally not included, although the URL address for the film's website was. So, uh, but anyway, just again, I, I love the marketing campaign for this movie. I, I, I just, it, uh, you don't see a lot of movies do stuff like this, and uh, especially uh, back when they did it, uh, and it certainly paid off. Uh, and the final did you know, uh, the language used by the aliens was created by rubbing a pumpkin. Just some real creative foley work there. Just good old-fashioned movie making at its finest. Uh, the prawns, you know, they speak in a series of like clicks and squeaks, and I guess it's just a pumpkin. So, the more you know. Uh, so that's gonna do her for about. The, no, I I keep doing this. I keep saying I'm gonna wrap it up, and then I forget to rate the movie. So we're gonna rate the movie on a scale of one to five hazmats, and I'm gonna give this one. I feel like I've been pretty lenient lately, so I'm going to give this one a three, uh, just because the last act of the movie really, you know, lets the setup down. Again, the first act, the first act when they're introducing, you know, all the concepts of District Nine and stuff like that, I love it. Uh, I think it looks absolutely incredible, uh, and I kind of wish they just like, you know, stuck with the way that they were shooting it and uh, the like, the way the story was coming about and everything. Uh, the second second part, uh, you know, the metamorphosis stage, so to speak, uh, also really cool. Uh, but they start to move away from you know all the documentary stuff, and, and the third, it's just a it's a it's a shootout we've all seen thousands of times. So uh, just yeah, that's I'm gonna give it a three. Uh, but st- still a very good movie. Still, uh, you know, f- a, just a, a super fun concept. If you like you know guns and explosions and action and all that stuff. Uh, you know, if that's your bread and butter, go ahead, watch this movie. You'll, maybe you'll enjoy it a little more than I did. But uh, I think part of a, a lot of the enjoyment for this movie, especially at the time, uh, was just the idea that like no one had any idea what this was. Uh, just the between the marketing campaign and you know the lack of names attached to it, just it just blew everybody out of the water, caught them by surprise. Uh, but as time has gone on, and you know you had more time to reflect on the movie itself, it's just kind of like ah, yeah, it's it's actually just kind of an average movie. Uh, but yeah, I, I would recommend it though. If you like sci-fi, give it a whirl. So now I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, why don't you do us a favor? Uh, go follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find us at Quarantinema Pod. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, you name it, we're there. Uh, just remember, folks, don't be a hero. Stay inside and watch a movie.